Hey friends, welcome to the Next Step Leadership Podcast, a conversation dedicated to helping you make your next step your best step. I'm Tracy Reynolds, and my partner for the Next Step journey is Chris Maxwell. Together we hope to inspire, assist, and create the confidence you need to take your next step in your personal growth, spiritual growth, vocation, or even your calling. Thanks for joining us. Well, come on, let's dive into this week's episode of Next Step Leadership. I'm Chris Maxwell, and um, what an honor it is to have a conversation with Tracy Reynolds. And Tracy, before we begin today's interview, uh, just think back of why we do what we do. Uh, what an opportunity we have to engage in dialogue with one another. You're a dear friend. Uh, we've done a lot of work together in a variety of ways. And now we have the opportunity to engage in conversations with people that mean a lot to us. Yeah, and so true. Um, people that have voices that we believe many other people need to hear. Uh, isn't that a reminder of why we do what we do here? Absolutely, Chris. Uh, this has been, thus far, just an amazing journey. Uh, our heart, honestly, is we're just two guys who love the Lord and love each other and are walking our lives out together trying to be obedient. I don't know that we have a ton of answers for people. But we are trying to connect other people into the lives of, as you said, people that we love and respect. And it's amazing how God just continues to open doors, and it's been a delight. So, yeah, uh, yeah Chris, it's uh, thanks for, for allowing us to do this. We're in our 60s now in podcast numbers. And, I thought you were uh, talking about age numbers. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm in those 60s in that, too. So, anyway. Well, um, what about today's friend that's oh, engaging man. in conversations with well, us? This one, uh, Eric knows I'm an emotional guy. I, I can cry over Bambi, you know. So uh, Eric Foster Whitten is uh, one of those guys I've known for a long time. I, I met him as campus pastor at Emmanuel College. And I'm going to read what he wrote on the back of his book because he did a better job of being succinct. I can just go on and on. Uh, Eric is a former pastor and entrepreneur turned teacher and academic from Moultrie, Georgia. I love the way you said that. From Moultrie, Georgia. Yeah. He enjoys guitars. All these things I know of him. Uh, vinyl records. I love that. Old books. Ancient languages. And taking long backcountry walks with his friends. He currently... Then this is not true. He At the time he wrote this, he was residing in Cambridge, England. Now, however... I'm, gonna let it, I'm not going to steal a stutter. He's going to tell us how he's moved to different places and even changed colleges while he's pursuing his doctorate with his wife and children. He literally moved his family over there to go to school, and I'm blown away with that. It's so good to have you with us, Eric. Good morning, or afternoon, as the case may be. That's right. It's so, I'm so glad to be with you guys. It's, a, it's a, an honor and a pleasure to be on the podcast. Well, man, um, our first podcast with, with a new guest is just to kind of talk about how do we get to be sitting across, uh, as it is for us, across the ocean from you, but looking at each other on the screen and talking, having a conversation. How do we get, man, how did in the world did we get to be sitting here doing this today? So go back and tell us a bit about Eric Fosterwood. Yeah, well, first I'll, I'll uh, talk about where I am currently and then we'll back up a little bit. So, uh uh, right now, uh, I reside in St. Andrews, Scotland, which is uh, known for a couple of things. Uh, probably the one that most listeners would know of if they play is that uh, St. Andrews is the home of golf. 
So mm-hmm. we have the, the, the old course, which is a very famous golf course here, and it's uh, the place where the game of golf originated. And in fact, at the time of recording, we're just uh, not very many weeks away from the 150th British Open here in St. Andrews. So wow. it's going to be a crazy circus of a town for a little while whenever that big tournament goes down. But I'm not here for the golf. I'm here for the university. <laughs> and so the, the University of St. Andrews is here, and I'm uh, working on my Ph.D. with the School of Divinity at St. Mary's College at the University of St. Andrews. And um, St. Andrews is the third oldest uh, English-speaking university in the world. And it's, it's you know, Oxford, Cambridge, St. Andrews. And so uh, just really excited to be here. It's a, it's a wonderful, beautiful place to live. And I'm here with my wife and three of our four children. We have three that are teenagers that came over and are doing their education in Scotland as well. And then our oldest is a young adult, and she's back in Moultrie and is married and lives where our family is back in Moultrie. Well, you know, Eric, I have to interrupt and just say, well, I happen to know that you have attended two of the three oldest universities, right? Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, that's correct. So um, whenever I came over uh, to do postgraduate work, I had had finished a Master of Divinity at Gordon-Conwell Theological Seminary. And, and then I moved over and we spent a year in Cambridge, England. And I did another master's degree there to kind of level up to get ready for the PhD work. Um, and it, though my MDiv at Gordon-Conwell was rigorous and it was very helpful and prepared me well for what I'm doing now, um, there's just a little difference in seminary education and like academic uh, – well, they're all academic, but university, the, the approaches are different. And so I did a one year at Cambridge and then uh, came up here to do the PhD in St. Andrews. Wow. We're so proud of you, brother. You know, I remember meeting you. I was a wet-behind-the-ears green campus pastor. I'd never been that before, and you were part of that early group of students that I I was in. You were a musician. You were a rock and roller, uh, but you loved Jesus. You loved uh, coffee back then. I wasn't as as, as enthusiastic as I am today. Chris is just shaking his head. Addicted. (laughs) Chooses the word. Well, this is uh, our therapy, right? Drinking coffee and then talking about it. Uh, but I remember meeting you in that context and the friendship, uh, because we had a lot of things in common uh, as a result of that. So how did you even end up like at Emmanuel College? And, you know, take us back to that. Yeah, so I did my undergrad at Emmanuel, which is where we met. And um, I ended up there because, uh, you know, I'd, I'd become a Christian as a teenager when I was in high school down in Moultrie. And you know, as is kind of pretty normal for the Southeast, I, I grew up culturally Christian, and so I'd been in and out of church attendance, and just, you know, you were Christian because you were from the South. I mean, just, it was default, default. And, uh, but as a teenager, I came to realize that, uh, that God was real, and that He was intervening in my life, and that there was something to this beyond what I had experienced, just popping in and out of church and, and doing the culturally Christian thing. And so I really, my, my heart came alive, and um, over the course of my high school experience, I just uh, was really on a growth curve. And so when I got finished with high school or was nearing the completion of high school, I wanted to go somewhere, really, where I was just, the way I looked at it was, if I'm going to spend four years studying anything, I want to be in a Christian environment, and I really just want to, I want to spend my time studying God and, you know, who He is and you know, lean into understanding him more. And so I had a friend back from home, Jim Fountain, 
who um, he and his parents had pretty much already zeroed in on a manual. And as we were chatting about it, in fact, we were we were in a Christian rock band back in Moultrie, and he was the lead guitarist, and I was the rhythm guitarist and singer. And as we were talking about it, he said, I think you should check out a manual. I came up and visited, and uh, it was a wonderful experience. I felt very um, welcomed, and it felt like a very warm, um, sincere Christian environment where it wasn't just Christian in name, but it was Christian in, in ethos and practice. And um, had no clue what the Pentecostal holiness denomination was at all, like none. But I knew that I felt the presence of God on the campus, and I liked the people that I had met. So I said, sign me up. Let's do it. And uh, I came up to Emmanuel and, and did my undergrad there. Yeah, it's great hearing that hearing that story. And so as you think back uh, to Emmanuel, what has taken you from what you experienced there to going deeper in the educational world, the academic world, and trying to bring this Jesus who's real uh, from your hearts into the hearts of other people. Yeah, that's a it's a it's a, a little bit of a journey. It, it definitely has not been the kind of the standard uh, road that people take. So, in the my final year at Emmanuel, we had to do we did this like um, exit course that we had to do in preparation for leaving, you know, graduating and moving on into some ministry context. Because I did a I did a, um, a bachelor's of arts in Christian ministry. It was like the most general, vague Christian ministries degree that I could pick (laughs) at the time because I had no clue what I wanted to do. I mean, none. And I really thought that I would probably go into music as a career. Um, But anyway, so during this exit course, uh, one of the assignments was to interview a pastor and to talk about what he did, what the pastor did in postgraduate work and whatever advice. And so I interviewed the pastor at the church that I had attended as a junior and senior in high school and his uh, his advice for me was he said, Eric, I really would encourage you not to go straight to seminary. He said, I would encourage you to spend a season in church ministry doing something else. He said, because he had gone back to seminary as an adult after another career and uh, as a, a, a more mature student. And he said, I just saw students all around me who had gone straight from Bible college to seminary that were just wasting the opportunity, didn't realize why they were there and weren't really getting the most out of it. And I think that if you can come back to it with some perspective, then and and to know why you're there, that you'll get the most out of it, and it'll it'll mean a lot in your life. And that sounded like good advice for me because I, you know, I, I both on one hand felt like how can I stay in college the rest of my life because I love it, and on the other hand felt like but that feels like some like alternate universe, like that's not real life, and so I felt like I needed something in between, so I went and spent. Um, a season. I did end up in a season in uh, in ministry on church staff. I spent um, almost a decade on church staff. Most of that in youth ministry. Yeah. And uh, toward the end of that season, I had I re-enrolled in in school. Started a seminary degree, uh, an MDiv. And uh, about the same time, you know, I was I was actually in a one-on-one discipling relationship with an older gentleman. And in that season, I just, like my sensitivity to the Holy Spirit just went way up. And so during that time, I was really leaning into the Lord and listening and uh, just felt God's leadership to leave church staff and go into business. And so we opened a business and um, could not keep the business going and keep seminary going at the same time. So I pushed seminary to the side did the business for almost a decade, for seven years, and then um, 
at the end of that seven years, again, felt the Lord's leadership back into academics. And this time I knew why I was doing it. And I really had a lot of clarity about God's call and leadership in, in that way. Mm. So your side business, I remember, was you taught some guitar. Uh, you also had a coffee shop, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yes. So it was a it was a, a combination business model, and it was um, a music studio. Uh, when I say studio, I mean like a, a teaching studio. And so we had um, a, a small staff of, of teachers, music teachers, and we taught um, a, a pretty sizable roster of students. And in the front of the of the building, the front of the business was a cafe. And the name of the business was Beans and Strings. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Coffee beans and guitar strings. Yep. And, and and the idea just came from uh, I, for all this time I've been a youth pastor. I taught students how to play instruments because our deal was I'll teach you for free if you'll bring your instrument back to, to youth group and help me with a worship band and love it yeah and so I was you know building these relationships and stuff and, and people outside of my churches in the community would hear that I was teaching and they'd want me to teach their kids too and I would watch these parents sit in their cars for a half hour at a time outside of my house waiting for lesson to finish and I watched guitar shops and cafes open and close in our town and not be able to sustain themselves and I thought I bet if we combine these business models that they could build this like um, self-sustaining market and they would help one another survive. And it did. It worked. That's fantastic. You know, the reason I bring that up is because uh, there is in you this desire to help uh, the next generation develop. And it be it guitar. I know it's much more than guitar, but guitar is a vehicle that the Lord has used uh, in your life, and music has continued to be uh, a theme. It hasn't been the the forefront, and and you know that I resonate with that so deeply because that's a lot of the story of my life. But I appreciate that whatever you're doing, you're always looking to develop students. So uh, you were also doing some teaching. Now, how did that factor in both at the high school and middle school? And you did some pretty cool things with that. Tell us about that. Yeah. So yeah, you you definitely got that part right. That I just I find that I'm uh, I tend to find ways to teach people things regardless, you know, of, of what it is. So if I'm if it's making a difference in my life, I want to share it with other people and and help them learn about it. And so uh, yeah, so the, I was teaching music, doing the gu- the guitar lesson. It was more than guitar, but doing the the music lessons business and. Um, so I ended up with a few school contracts where I would go to a local school and I would teach music classes for that school. And one of those classes, one of those schools that I taught at was a, um, a Christian school that was starting in our town. And it was a classical Christian school, um, Colquitt Christian Academy. And they I had friends who were in the leadership, um, the leadership team of that school, and they asked me to put together like a contract with them to be their music teacher. And so I came on at the very beginning teaching music at that school. And then um, whenever we were nearing the time to sell the business and make the transition back into seminary, I just t- reached out to him and said, hey, listen, you know, I'm about to make a change. Um, I'm happy to keep teaching music for you guys, even though I've sold the business. But, I, you know, I just wanted to let you know, too, that if you need somebody to teach some other stuff, you know, I, I would like to do that. I'd be interested in doing that. 
Um, you may not know this about me. I'm not just a guitar strummer. I, I, I do. <laughs> I have a lot of background in language. And so like I could teach foreign language. I, I have a Greek background and, you know, I'm going to be studying at seminary and that kind of thing. And uh, that got the wheels turning and I ended up coming on to teach Originally, I was full-time for a couple of years, and originally I was teaching all, all kinds of things, um, but mainly like language and Bible. And so I've ended up staying on with them adjunct online as their Latin teacher. I'm the, the high school Latin teacher. I was going to go there. I said, this guy teaches Latin, for crying out loud. <laughs> Did I? So yeah. what all are you doing right now? Uh, right now? Okay, so of course I'm, I'm working on my PhD thesis and then um, aside from that, I'm adjunct um, in two places. I'm, I'm still an adjunct online with Colquitt Christian Academy teaching Latin. And then um, as of last semester, I'm now also um, adjunct online with Emmanuel College. And so um, I taught my first You're here. Uh, yeah, I taught a, taught a module this past semester and got some more coming up and uh, do, doing that deal. Well, as, you know, as we get closer to finishing this first conversation with you, uh, Tracy and I want to just hear more of your heart. What what are some of the things you've learned from those years of education as you continue that experience, but you're also passing it on? I mean, you are uh, you're the right fit for the conversation Tracy and I have of next step leadership because you are taking the right steps, you're learning the best steps to take, and you're helping others to learn how to take those steps that can help them and help our culture. Yeah. Well, you know, the reason that I do what I do and the reason that I'm doing more studies is because I have a passion uh, for serving the church. I know that my place is to serve the church by serving those who are training for, for leadership in the church. So I'm not the pulpit guy primarily. I mean, I can fill a pulpit, but I'm not the every Sunday pulpit guy. But I have a real heart. Um, for pastors and for helping train pastors to be the best leaders they can be in the local church. So that that is a, a, a major uh, emphasis in my life. It's the reason I'm investing in this season the way that I am. And um, But also beyond the academic part of it, just the practicalities of, of following Jesus. You know, I, I don't, I have a lot of opinions about leadership and most of them may not be very good ones. But, but one thing that I that uh, one piece of leadership advice that I would give anybody is to um, trust the Lord's ability to lead us more than we trust our ability to follow Him. And mm. that that say has that been again. A, it's say been that a mon- again. It's been a mantra in my life for all these years, and I've learned to do this: is that I trust God's ability to lead me more than I trust my ability to follow Him. Yeah, that's good. That's deep. Well, which means I don't get an overinflated sense of myself. There's a level of humility knowing that that God knows, and and I know pieces, and I'm trying to follow Him. But there's a safety, isn't there, Eric, in knowing that God has it, and He's not going to let me wander too far to the left or to the right, and He's going to get me on that course. Have you found that to be true? Absolutely. And, and you know it that whole that all started for me during my time at Emmanuel College as a young a young man trying to figure out how to follow Jesus and hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, and it can bring a lot of anxiety to a person trying to determine how to do that. And then uh, the Lord just drew my attention um, to the the parable of the Good Shepherd in the Gospel of John, and it says, you know, the the Good Shepherd calls out his own and they follow him because they know his voice. 
And the Lord just said, Eric, you know, you are my sheep. You do know my voice. And the thing is, is I, I could be a pretty sorry sheep is the truth of the matter, but he is a, an incredible shepherd. And so I just trust his faithfulness, and he's shown himself so faithful to to direct me um, where I need to go as long as I, I believe that he'll speak to me, and I believe that he'll make the path clear. And he has. Yes. Well, uh, Eric, Tracy and I are proud of you. Uh, thank you for being faithful. Uh, thank you for telling us your story. We'll, we'll talk to you again in the, in the, next, uh, the next episode. Uh, but we just love your heart and, and for us. Uh, just having the conversation with you reminds us that there are many uh, people today who are leading with servants' hearts, trying to just find creative, artistic, and academically strong biblical ways to make their next step their best step. Thanks for joining us on Next Step Leadership, the weekly conversation dedicated to your personal growth and leadership development. Chris and I are so glad you dropped in. You can find us on all your favorite podcast providers. Do us a favor and hit subscribe. And if you really want to help us, give us a rating. We so appreciate your support. Check out our show notes for more information regarding guest contact information. Chris Maxwell's 11th book, Equilibrium, 31 Ways to Stay Balanced on Life's Uneven Services, is available now at www.chrismaxwell.me or Amazon, where you can find all of Chris's previous books as well. Our featured music is by Casual Americans. You can find their new musical releases at www.casualamericans.com or at your favorite music suppliers. We release Next Steps Leadership each Thursday, so join us again next week on the Next Step Journey, a conversation dedicated to helping you make your next step your best step.